Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, July 9th, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanetti. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, uh, you are going to take a hiatus from Today on Broadway. A one-day hiatus. A one-day hiatus. As you are are trekking up to Poughkeepsie. Yes, yes. Very exciting stuff. Yes, uh, Poughkeepsie, I imagine, always is. And in your stead, we will be welcoming back the conquering hero... Ah. One James Marino to uh, to do the show. It'll be old timers week. It'll be it'll be uh, a uh, is it a way back Wednesday? Is there a thing like that? A yeah, Thursday. Like, I, I right. think I think way back Wednesday is right. I think I made that up, but I either. just know of like women crush Wednesday, but that's not uh, no, quite right. Not the same thing. I mean, there's <laughs> there's throwback for Thursday, flashback Friday. I think way back Wednesday works. Yeah. So um, if, if it's not a thing, you've invented it. So yeah. congratulations. Hashtag uh, WBW. Uh, so um, James and I will be back in the saddle tomorrow that'll be exciting but you should be with us the rest of the week assuming the Poughkeepsie Wi-Fi internet connection is strong enough to record I assume it will at least be better than mine so that's already a start (laughs) okay Uh, All right. well uh, let's knock on wood and assume that that's good for the rest of the week Um, unfortunately we're going to start today's episode off with some not very good, not very strong news. As oh. as last night, the Otter McDonald and Michael Shannon-led revival of Terrence McNally's Frankie and Johnny and the Claire de Lune announced that it will wrap up its Broadway run about a month early, as it will close now on July 28th instead of the previously planned August 25th. Actually, the show's grosses have been pretty miserable since the jump, never moving north of $302,408 for any of its weeks on Broadway. Last week, over the 4th of July holiday, it hit a new low with just under $232,000. Apparently, the show itself, I didn't see it. Did you see it, Ashley? Um, I haven't seen it. But I have read it before. Okay. It's uh, it's it's everything you've heard. Yeah, it's dated. It might not be the the timeliest piece to perform at this point in our history. But I firmly believe that this could have been a hit. I or at least somewhat more successful than it is now. But I believe that the producers doomed themselves on this one, part for misreading the property that they had, and part just kind of out of bad luck. They saw the success that the boys in the band had last year and thought that they could recreate some of that box office magic, even perhaps to a lesser degree. Obviously, they didn't have five or six big stars. They had two fairly big stars, one theater megastar, one movie star. But I think they they didn't factor in two things, actually. The boys in the band, collectively, were a much bigger draw than Otter McDonald and Michael Shannon. And part of the reason I think the boys in the band did so well was because it wasn't swallowed up by a busy, contentious, exciting Tony season. In 2018, the band's visit was the clear, foregone conclusion uh, to win most of the awards at the Tonys, and many of the acting and the other production categories were more or less locks as well. So that gave boys in the band room to breathe and with all of those stars to stake a claim to a section of the theater-going audience. This year, however, while most of the favorites did eventually win, there was a lot of excitement. We talked about it, Ashley. Uh, James and I talked about it. I talked about it with Oliver Roth on his podcast. 
there was a lot of excitement for a lot of the awards, and in many cases, people still thought that there were multiple potential winners right up until the envelope was opened. So I think all of those factors were kind of a perfect storm to make this show, despite the fantastic talents involved, a big old flopperoonie. Yeah, and it's always been billed as that limited run play. We've, as you said, we've seen its grosses the whole run, and you would think a show with Audrey McDonald and Michael Shannon would get some traction. I mean, Audrey McDonald is a big name in theater, maybe not necessarily outside. Michael Shannon's more, you know, kind of B-list Hollywood actor, I would say at least. Yeah, Yeah, content-wise, it's a difficult play to sell. It's, as you said, pretty out of touch in the moment, the climate and the current culture. I think ultimately word of mouth, both negative word of mouth and then also no word of mouth at all (laughs) ended up being its downfall where Boys in the Band certainly had plenty of word of mouth. Yeah, and at least part of that came from the fact that there was a ton of stars that people wanted to see. And and unfortunately, as much as I think everybody who is a Broadway and theater fan is clamoring for Otter McDonald to be on stage at any point, um, mm-hmm. I think there is a bit of a difference between Audrey McDonald in a straight play, despite the fact that she's won a Tony uh, for a non-singing role before, um, but between that and her being in a musical. And there, there's just a difference oh, there. So um, unfortunately, this one did not do nearly as well as everybody kind of assumed that it would. Uh, but before we move on, Ashley, normally this is when we discuss what could move into the now empty theater But in this case, we already know what's moving into this empty theater because Jagged Little Pill will begin performances at the Broadhurst on November 3rd. So we'll see how long that one lasts. Probably a little bit longer. Oh, I would. Oh, man, I sure hope so. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I I don't know what to make of this one yet. The reviews were so weird uh, Mm -hmm. coming out of ART that that I'm interested to hear what things are like when this opens up here in a few months, uh, because. I like what they're doing. It just seems like from yeah. everything I've heard, they're doing it way too much. Sure. And, you know, I'm I'm rooting for it, especially as far as the creative team goes. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what to make of it yet. It's it's another one of those uh, jukebox musicals. <laughs> It's a little bit ironic, don't you think? It's a little bit ironic. I see. And yes, I really do think. Um, Okay, (laughs) moving on, Ashley. (laughs) Uh, Don't get me started on whether or not that song is ironic or not. But uh, now. That'll be a whole 20 minutes. No, we don't want to do that. Um, (laughs) All right, so let's talk about last week's Broadway grosses. And it was a really interesting week. Obviously, there was the holiday, but the main stem also lost Roundabout's Kiss Me Kate and All My Sons from the previous week and replaced Regina Spector with Chris Angel in Residence at the Lunt Fontan. So, in total, factoring those changes in those departing shows, receipts were down over 5%. Or $1,830,000. Interestingly, a lot of shows had extreme weeks, either getting significant gains in their grosses thanks to the holiday weekend or dropping dramatically. The biggest drop came to what the Constitution means to me, which is disappointing given the residents of the holiday, but there's a reason because they only did four performances as opposed to their normal eight. While Heidi Schreck et al. dropped $282,700, they were joined by four shows 
all of which did a full eight-performance week, that also shed six figures. They were led by Tootsie, that almost lost 248k week over week. Then there was the Share Show at 231k, Hamilton at 181,000, and the Prom at 116,000. The biggest gainer, on the other hand, was Moulin Rouge, but again. There's a reason for that as well, as it went from two to five performances. But even with five performances, Ashley, they still managed to cross the $1.3 million mark, which is bonkers. Yeah. Averaged out over an eight-show week, the Alex Timbers-directed show would have brought in over $2.1 bucks in previews. They were followed in the positive six-figure category by The Lion King, My Fair Lady as it ended its run, and Chicago. Hamilton was still, of course, the top dog at $3,092,755, followed by The Lion King at $2.58 million, then Wicked and To Kill a Mockingbird at $1.9 million, then Aladdin, Ain't Too Proud, Cursed Child, Hadestown, Moulin Rouge, Frozen, Dear Evan Hansen, Phantom, The Book of Mormon, and Mean Girls, all in seven figures. Now, Ashley, this is when we would normally turn to our bubble shows, but pretty much all of our bubble shows have already announced they're popping uh, so there are not yeah. many bubbles left. Um, I will take a look at Waitress and Beautiful, which both sunk to new Broadway lows south of half a million dollars this week. Uh, that's really not looking good for either of their long-term prognoses, even despite the fact that they have already recouped. Um, so sure. I would keep an eye on those. Um, and these two shows aren't on Bubble Watch yet, but Beetlejuice and Tootsie are going to need a major uptick um, here for the rest of the summer and into the fall if they're going to last through next spring. I think Beetlejuice is a little healthier, but it's probably a more expensive show to run. Tootsie yeah. is looking pretty rough right now, um, at least in comparison to like its gross potential. But uh, before we close out, I mentioned Chris Angel earlier. In seven shows, he did a fairly disappointing $434,000. I thought he would have done much better than that. But one show that did do really well last week, actually, was The Ferryman, which wrapped yes. up its Broadway run with a week of $949,617. And it announced that it had recouped its initial investment. So I'm very, very happy for them, actually. Yeah, that's great. And we just talked about The Ferryman and the surprise of it doing so well before the holiday. It really is just remarkable. I don't think many, if any, people expected it to recoup. And now it will end its run not only being a veritable hit, but it'll also have its tour launching next year. Yeah, I think this is very good for a show to be a hit critically, but also financially. Sure. That The dream. Yeah, well, and it didn't have any big TV or movie stars in it. It wasn't yeah. from an existing property. It was just an honest-to-goodness original play yes. without any major stars. Uh, yeah. And I think that's very encouraging for a lot of people. Hard to imagine, almost. Yeah. All right, so what is hard to imagine, the fact that as we're recording, they are probably <laughs> deep into Act 1 of the Into the Woods concert taking place at the Town Hall on Monday night. Obviously, neither Ashley or I or are there, but we do have um, a video of some of their rehearsals, which is amazing. I love Into the Woods. I love all of these people, and so many of them have connections to Ohio, which is the most important thing. So check that out in the show notes. Got a couple other things I want to recommend. Four of the uh, Emmas who play Emma on Broadway, obviously, Kate and Kinnanen, who is the Tony nominee for playing the part in the prom on Broadway, and then her three understudies, uh, Gabby Campo, Callan West, and Brittany Zinstra. They did an acoustic rendition of Unruly Heart in a 
bathroom, I'm assuming, at the Long Acre. Uh, but it's really, really cool. It's uh, it's lovely, and I love this song, and I love this show. So check that out. And then this last one, I, I haven't watched this trailer, Ashley, um, mm. but I saw plenty of people geeking out over it. Um, and in the words of <laughs> my good friend Patrick Hines, um, I imagine there were plenty of gay squeals going on all over the place because of this trailer. That Because it is the first official trailer for the upcoming biopic Judy, starring Renee Zellweger as Judy Garland. Uh, did you get a chance to watch it yet? Oh, yeah. I I personally think she looks pretty great. I'm not committed to judging the performance of the project quite yet. And I have no real attachment to it either way. I haven't read the play it's based on. I've heard both the gay squeal side from it as well as um, there have been some people on the Tweety say it looks like her Fosse Verdon audition. <laughs> so <laughs> be curious to see where it ends up in the final project product. Uh, yeah, this is this is from the playwright who wrote Chasing. No, is it Chasing End of the Rainbow? Um, Chasing yeah. Rainbows is the musical version of her early life. Um, yeah. so I don't know if, I don't think it's exactly that same story. I think it's, it's changed a little bit from when yeah. Tracy Bennett did, uh, end of the rainbow, but, um, it'll be very interesting to see the film is, uh, being released in September on uh, September 27th. So we'll see what the response mm-hmm. is like when it finally hits screens. Yeah. Okay. Ashley, we've hey. made it to the end. <laughs> I kept hey. this one for the very end because yeah. I want you to feel free to riff on it. However, your heart desires. But yesterday, there was an Actors' Equity Association principal audition call for a New York City run of Marion Elliott's company. The notice did not specify dates, a theater, or if it was even technically Broadway, but that last question can be assumed by the fact that it was stated to be on a production contract, which means it's a Broadway revival. The auditions will be held over three days next week, and all of the parts in the show are apparently open, but... At the end of the character description for Joanne, in bold letters, it just says, Offer Pending. <laughs> that, of course, <laughs> is the role that Patty Lapone won in Olivier for uh, last year, for last uh, season. Um, that basically means if Patty is happy with the rest of the company, <laughs> yes. she will star in company. Um, right. None of the other roles, including Bobby with Rosalie Craig or Jamie. Um, or anybody else uh, had an offer pending. So I don't know what that means. Maybe it means nothing, uh, but I thought it was interesting. But Ashley, as a whole, okay. what do you think about this? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm excited to say the least. I'm so, so, so excited for this transfer. Actually, when I saw The Ferryman in London, which was at the Gil Good ahead of company, mm-hmm. it was right when they had their little preview coming in September cards printed. And I grabbed one of those and I've had that in my workspace wall ever since. And I just really want this revival. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like it's coming. We already it's knew it coming. was coming, but right, sure. this is the first step to officially coming. Yeah. And I get to, as soon as I, you sent me the call earlier today i got to send it to a lot of different people who <laughs> were doubting me saying ashley i don't think this revival is gonna come you just wait you i i i know things it's, i know things now 
very good. That's a good end of the woods <laughs> reference there. Um, yeah, we. I, I never doubted that this was coming. It yeah. was too big of a hit. It's Sondheim's 90th birthday. There's no chance it wasn't. I said before, whether or not it comes with Rosalie Craig and Patti Lapone, that I don't know. But there's no way that Marion Elliott, who has brought a lot of her hits in London over to New York, was not going to bring this one. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see where this ends up. I think that there's a lot of really interesting spaces that it could go to. I think there's one that I would really like it to go to, um, but but one of, the, <laughs> one of those bubble shows is going to have to pop if we're going to make that happen. Actually, yeah, and you know, I'm uh, I'm not going to say I'm keeping my fingers crossed because that would be rude, but yeah. I'm not not. <laughs> it would it would be beautiful if it did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No This Is Ashley. All right. Ashley will not be with us tomorrow. James Marino will be reclaiming his rightful throne wow. in the Today on Broadway Game of Thrones uh, with me tomorrow. And then Ashley and I will be back on Thursday. Have a great Tuesday, everybody, and uh, hopefully we get some uh, West Side or some company news or something here. Although I think it would be hilarious if we got Sondheim news when Ashley wasn't here. Wow, that would be tragic at best. (laughs) 